Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I am having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. Now, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, I say this all the time, but make sure that you do so so that you never miss an episode as part of this series, as well as the regular show. I've got a great lineup of guests coming up this season, and we've also had some amazing guests that have been part of the series. So go check those out too. All right. For today's episode, Inside the Huddle with us and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is Vincent Gray. Vince is a defensive back who played college football for the University of Michigan. During this past season as a Wolverine, Vince started all 14 games at cornerback and he led his position group with 46 tackles, which included three and a half tackles for loss, TFLs. He also had one sack, broke up nine passes, had one interception and a forced fumble, which earned him his fourth letter this season. Vince, welcome to the show. How you doing? Nice for having me. Well, I'm excited to chat with you today. I saw you down in Indy. We were at the NFL Combine and one night we were just chit-chatting about just being down there and the fine state of Michigan as you're from. And I used to live in Grand Rapids, so Michigan has a special place in my heart as well. And let's kick off our conversation there. You're from another part of the state, grew up in Southfield, moved to Rochester for high school. When was the first time you picked up a football or suited up? And what about football made you fall in love with the game? First time I picked up a football was when I was really young. I've always been a kind of like a competitive kid. Just growing up, my uncle ran like a football team called the Detroit Knights. When I was too young to play, I would always go to the practices and like wait for them to be done. And then I would be playing with the kids with no pads on. They had pads on. I had no pads. I was just running around with the ball and stuff. I just remember that. It's a vivid memory. How young I was when I knew I loved the game. And I used to like beg my parents to let me play. But they uh, made me wait till I was nine. They didn't think it was safe. So nine was when I first started playing organized football. And what about the sport that really excited you? Just how many kids can be on the field at one time trying to achieve the same goal. Just that part of it. Like, I play, I was a basketball player, too. And that's more of like a tight-knit team type of deal. But bat- well, football, you get all types of different personalities and body types all trying to fight for the same goal. And I, that always intrigued me to try to be like the one guy to stand out out of all of those people on the field at one time. At a young age, I just think like that. Mm. So that's why I always love football so much. And my listeners know that this whole move the ball movement started because I've been a student of the game since I was four years old. I wrote a book called Move the Ball, where I 
in there talked about several lessons and strategies that I learned from football specifically that I had picked up over the years and not just the hard work and dedication, but other lessons as well. I'd like to get your take on what football has meant to you and what lessons have you taken away from the game that you feel will help you as you transition into this next chapter of being a professional football player. Football means everything to me. Football got me an education at a great university. I will always feel like I'm indebted to the game of football and the evolution of football just because of how it's helped my life so far. And a uh, big takeaway from the sport that will not only like help me just as a professional athlete, but even beyond like football, going into like business ventures after football and like just how I want to structure my life. Like football has taught me like how important like having a routine is and how important hard work is and like consistent work is towards like achieving a goal like you can't just you, yeah you can say it and have a goal but like it's got to be a consistent daily deposit that you put into achieving what you want in this life and that's what football has taught me and uh i think that's gonna help me in like other fields as well because i'm attacked with the same kind of mentality absolutely i mean consistency is key no matter what it is you're doing and having that routine that really sets you up for success and whatever it is that you're doing that is something that's critical to your point not just being a professional athlete but for all of us and whatever it is that we're doing in business and in life mm-hmm. when you look at the defensive back position in your mind what skills do you think are necessary to play this position well and what makes you elite at it well, defensive back is, like, one of the most athletic guys on the field just because of, like, what you're asked to do with your body and, like, the disadvantage that you're at physically-wise. And, like, going against receivers who are just as athletic as you or even more athletic because some receivers can be bigger, they can be faster, whatever it is. But, like, just being versatile and, like, it's a lot more mental. It's, yeah, you have, you have to have those physical attributes naturally, but, like, mentally, too. If you're good with your mental game, that can, like, elevate your game as a DB as well. So it's like, you can be different kind of DBs. Like, it's different aspects to it that make DB, like, unique. I feel like it's one of the hardest positions in football, but it's also one of the most unique. Well, that is what they say. A lot of people say it is the hardest position to play or one of the hardest positions to play. So what makes you elite at this position? I feel like my physicality matched with my size. And then I genuinely love the game. So, like, when I add into that film study and play recognition and, like, being able to play faster just off of knowing the game more. Because I used to play the game, like, just being an athlete, just one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one matchup. But now I'm, like, thinking about the game more in depth, situations and what can come out of what types of formations and stuff like that. Like, I feel that's going to make me play a whole lot faster and instinctive as well. I feel like I have a lot of upside as well. I'm still like raw in the sense of like applying what I'm knowing about the game to like actually playing. So I feel like that makes me elite as well. Sure. And along with corner, you also played wide receiver in high school. How did playing that skill position help you to be a better DB? I've always played all types. I played receiver, quarterback, running back, especially since I feel like just being exposed to all those different aspects of the field and then going into college and just being able to focus on DB. That helped me out a lot, just naturally being a good football player overall versus like just always being a a good DB. So I feel like that helped me as far as like having like other natural abilities that DBs can have to help them be good, you know? 
Yeah. I mean, knowing those other positions and how those are played definitely helps you. I have a lot of guys on the show that are playing in the league today and they'll talk about what helps them extend their longevity in the league is because they are looking at that bigger picture as well as, you know, who are the other people on the field and what are those positions responsible for and doing. And so being a student of the game and playing those positions helps you to excel at that as well. So you chose to go to the University of Michigan. Some of the other Power Five programs that were interested in you were Kentucky, Missouri, Washington State, Purdue. Why did you decide to go blue? I don't know. I always imagined myself leaving the state of Michigan when I was making my college decision, but I took a really nice official visit to Michigan. I had a good official visit lined up, and Michigan was like my third one. And I had plans on going to the West Coast for my final two. I had a feeling I wanted to go out to the West Coast and uh, play football out there, but like my visit at Michigan, just something about it just made me, I committed on site on my visit and I didn't even take my rest of my visits. It was one of those things that just happened. It was bang, bang, just happened. I liked the vibe. I just could see myself rocking the Jordan brand mm-hmm. in the dark blue. It's one of those things that just happened and I'm glad it happened. Yeah, and and Michigan's a beautiful campus, for one. It's a great school as well. You mentioned getting an education earlier. It's a great place to go to school for a degree. And it's a great school for networking as well. So make sure you tap into that Michigan Alumni Network Mm -hmm. as you're looking for things outside of football that you're going to get into. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that first year of college football at Michigan. You began your career as a special teamer. Share with us more about that. So when I came in, it was the first year that you could play four games and still red shirt. That was the first year that that rule was implemented. So when I came in, it was like a, not a shock, but like, you know, you're the man in high school. Everybody's the man in high school. And then you come in and I was not really expecting, like, I was expecting it to be a lot harder than it was. I'm talking like as far as like speed of the game and like physicality and all that stuff like that. So I just came in like kind of thinking like it was going to be a lot crazier than when I, I mean, it was like, don't get it twisted. Like it's not for the weak hearted at all. The sport, especially college division one football. Like it's very time consuming, very taxing on your body, very mentally draining, but I handled it very well as a freshman. At least I felt like, and it gave my first year gave me a lot of confidence. And especially like when you hear from like other players and other players are like, that are going to the next level and they're telling you like, yeah, like lock in because what they've seen, like that you could have the potential to do what they're doing. It just makes you want to go even harder. So like my first year went pretty well. It helped me with my confidence a lot, adjusting to the next level. And I think that's important too, having that confidence. Another topic that I've had conversations with, again, guys that are playing in the league and how they talk about their confidence has increased over time. And then that really showed out in their performance on the field. Exactly. Yes. And playing defensive back, you have to have confidence. You can't play that position without confidence because that's one of those short term memory type of positions where you have to accept the fact that like plays will be made on you no matter how hard you try, no matter how good you are. Plays will be made on you just because that's how the game is set up nowadays. You just have to fight through all of that, fight through all of that adversity and still try to thrive. That's what that position teaches me a lot, too. For sure. Like you mentioned earlier, there's a big mental component about playing DB and being able to do it well. Yeah, exactly. So in 2019, you ended up playing all 13 games, had 20 tackles, one and a half TFLs and five pass deflections. What were you doing to improve? What were you focused on so that you could see more action and continue to dominate every Saturday? was really focused that whole year on taking care of my body, making sure that I was available, the best ability is availability. Just making sure that I was able to play every snap for my team defensively pretty much. 
and to make sure that they knew going into every game that they had a corner that would be ready and available and playing his hardest. So that was one of my big goals. I spent a lot of time working with the trainers and before practice, after practice, going into the facility early, leaving late. We all watched a lot of film together. It's not just individually, but as a whole position group. And even that turned into like us watching film together as a whole defense. I'm not just talking about like with the coaches, how you do regularly, but we would come in early and stay in late. Like I feel like we really put in our due. Like we really got what we deserved out of that season because we put in our dues and we worked for it and we got it out the mud and we sacrificed a lot of time and a lot of effort for what we uh, gained that season. Sure. And let's fast forward to 2021. This past season, Michigan had an elite defensive unit. Obviously, there's some talented guys on the defense, including yourself. What else do you attribute to the team's success this past season? I mean, I got to give a shout out to the new coaching staff Harbaugh brought in, just giving us new perspectives on the defensive side of the ball. I got to give a shout out to that because without that, I don't think we would have went as far as we can. We, we were a very versatile defense last year. We were smart. like So we picked up on defenses quick and we were able to run a bunch of things and give offenses a bunch of different looks and confuse the heck out of quarterbacks that we were playing, along with our crazy rush that we had from our two DNs that were going crazy. So like, a lot of things just fell into our lap last season. We just took advantage of our opportunities. It was a great season for sure. And you mentioned Coach Harbaugh. What in your mind makes Jim Harbaugh a great coach? His consistency. Like I said earlier about having a routine and your daily deposits and always working towards a goal, not just saying a goal, not just waiting for it to happen, but you yourself making it happen for yourself. He's the epitome of that. Every day he wakes up, he's working towards something. He's doing something. Pro- he's proactively trying to gain something. That rubs off on the people that work for him. That rubs off on us as players who play for him. You pick up on that. Like he has, a, it's a poster in there that says, uh, "What does it say? Attack the day with enthusiasm, unknown to mankind, or something like that." He always said, "Like it's truly like a everyday matters, even their off days. Like everyday matters in this game." I like that because every day does matter, whether you're playing football or not. All the days matter. Yeah, he had a, another great. It was like every day matters, but only twelve count. Yeah, 12 games in the season. Mm-hmm. Every day matters, but only 12 counted. I will rock out with that one the rest of my career because that's the truth. Sure. And this past season, Michigan ended up doing very well. They ended up making it to the CFP semifinals, played Georgia in the Capital One Orange Bowl. What was that experience like for you? Well, that was a great experience. I wish we could have had that game back. I wish we could do things a little bit differently and play that game a different way. But that was a great experience. I'm forever grateful to have been a part of that. And to say that I could be a part of that Final Four, that's like an elite group of teams, elite group of only a certain amount of people can say that they have played in those type of games. You know, that was an elite experience. Absolutely. Yeah, the best of the best teams and players are in those games. So congratulations to you and the team for making it as far as you did. Now, as you look back on your college football career, what was your most memorable game or experience? Probably winning the Big Ten Championship. Because that's just crazy. That's just crazy. I feel like, especially going into the year, and no one expected us to do what we did last year. We knew, because we knew the type of spring ball that we had. We knew the type of summer program that we had. We knew the type of players that we had. We knew how the practices were going. We knew how competitive we were. But no one else knew. So, like, it was one of those things that, like, they kept trying to keep us level-headed. We kind of knew something was brewing, but, like, it was a game by game, week by week, day by day process. At the end of the day, you can't think too far ahead in this sport or somebody will catch you lacking. So having that mentality helped us a lot. 
And that Big Ten championship game was against Iowa. Iowa also had a pretty good defense this year, too. It was a great game. Congratulations to you guys on being the Big Ten champs. So now the time has come and you've hung up those college cleats and you're preparing for the NFL draft. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I saw you down at the combine. You ended up running a 4-5-4-40. What was that combine experience like for you? The combine was a great experience. When I walked up that field, I just it was just like a overwhelming, like, just a blessing. Like I could, I was just, it was like a spiritual moment for me. Cause I was like, I, I grew up watching this combine since I was a young boy, just chilling on the couch, watching it, not thinking nothing of it. And um, I was blessed to have been able to be a part of it. And I can say that for the rest of my life. That was just a blessing to me. So the combine is crazy. It's crazy. Hectic It's like a long four days, but it's a great experience to have. I wouldn't take it back to the world. Yes. Yeah, a lot of, you were there, you know, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things going on. I mean, outside of the position drills and other on the field stuff, you've got interviews, meetings, all kinds of stuff yeah, going on. So it's a, it's a busy week for sure. So Vince, if a team were to ask you, why should I pick you over someone else? What would you say? I would say because my ceiling is higher than anyone else. I have a high ceiling. I'm raw. The sky's really the limit for me. I haven't even played nowhere near my best football yet which I think is scary just because of where I'm at today. Like the things that I've been able to do with what I've been doing, I feel like I can still do a whole lot more. I don't know if a lot of people can really think that they, I'm not going to speak on nobody else, but I just know I can do a lot. I know I have a lot more in my tank from a longevity standpoint and uh, just mentally because I really want to learn. I'm like really intrigued in learning the game, not just playing my position and being good at my position, but just me being hungry for knowledge will help me more than like the next person who are just thinking about like the next player, whatever, you know. And earlier in the show, you talked about being successful outside of football as well. Football will eventually come to an end. What do you plan on doing outside of your professional career? Well, I want to start my own business. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to invest in other people's businesses and help other people's businesses out. Probably get into real estate or something like that as well. Oh, another thing I really want to do long-term goal, like long-term goals is I want to make like affordable housing for people. Like, so I want to like make big apartment buildings and like rent out uh, affordable housing for like people in like uh, lower class communities and stuff like that. But that's like long-term down the road. Oh, well, that's an awesome thing to want to be thinking about as well. Now what I want to do, Vince, is I want to run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Yes, man. All right. First question is, outside of football, what do you like to do? I like playing video games and I like listening to music. What is one thing most people don't know about you? My first sport I ever played was soccer. Okay. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Confident, determined, and smart. Great. Three words. If you had one intro song that can be played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? It would probably be uh, Digits by Young Thug. Okay. What is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a coach? From Coach Clinkscale, my DB coach. Are y'all going to let another man eat off y'all plate? Like how you become like that before the game? Kind of like an eater star type of mentality. I like his advice when you become like that. All right. And I'm going to flip it and ask you, what's the best piece of advice that you would give someone? Trust yourself. Believe in you first before you take anybody else's opinion into account. Believe in yourself first. I like that. It's a great piece of advice. So the next question is, you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? I would choose Tupac, Warren Buffett. Okay. And then I got to bring my mama, right? That's a great choice. Would I be wrong for leaving her out of having a conversation with those two? 
great three choices, your mom, Warren Buffett, and Tupac. All right. The last question is, do you sing in the shower? Yes. Who does it? <laughs> <laughs> Are you good at singing in the shower? Yes. I'm, I'm a, one day I'm going to drop a song. I'm like a, a rap soul type of guy. Like I can harmonize on a nice rap beat. I'm, I'm going to give it to you on one day when I get to the studio. All right. Well, we will look forward to hearing that sometime, hopefully soon. Yeah. All right, Vince. So as we look to close the show, let people know, where can they follow you on social media? Where are you at? I got Instagram at Vince Gray, G-R-A-Y. And then I'm on Twitter at Vince Gray underscore. Those are only two social media accounts I got up right now. Perfect. We will have those in the show notes so people can keep up with you and follow you on your journey. Well, Vince, thanks so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you to everyone for listening. If you liked today's episode, again, if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button and also share it with a friend or two or three. That's one way that you can help me to move the ball. Vince, I wish you much success in this next chapter. And thanks again to everyone for listening. We will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.